Beatitudes. Uh, my name's Simon. I'm the vicar here. It doesn't matter whether you've been to all of these sermons in the last couple of months or none at all. Uh, what we're going to be doing is just taking a look back, having tried to soak them all in and see uh, where we get to. If we have the first slide, uh, please. And now one uh, way of seeing uh, the Beatitudes is like this, that they're simply too hard. And we find ourselves looking at them, we just think, there's no way that I could, never, I could ever, ever live up to any of these. Uh, the bar is too high. And we think, I could never be a peacemaker. I could never be somebody uh, who is merciful. And don't even get me going on pure in heart. I know myself, how could I ever be any of these things? And so we think, well, the bar's raised too high. I can't be any of those things. I'm not even sure I want to be any of those things. And it may be, certainly when you've looked at the Beatitudes before, hopefully we've tried to communicate what they really mean. You may have felt like that person there, just looking up and thinking, well, it would sort of be lovely, but there's no way. Next slide, please. The second approach is one, bizarrely, that this man is going to help us with in just a second. The second approach is to take away the Beatitudes and see what the world looks like without them. How would history, how would society look without them? And you're not going to believe this yet, but you will do. Few people have done this better than George Michael. That may surprise you. I'm not thinking early wham, which this clearly is. Um, that's what I was dancing to in the 80s uh, and freaking out to. Uh, but I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about uh, 1990. Uh, next slide, please. And in 1990, uh, George Michael had fallen out with Sony, uh, his record company, and he was, he was really struggling for creative and artistic freedom. And it was at that time that he wrote one of his best songs. Uh, you might know it, uh, but you might not have listened to it very carefully. And it is a song that I think really, really, really illustrates what it is to have a world without Christ and a world without the Beatitudes. It is a song, you'll hear it in a second, that is soaked in sorrow and enormous insecurity. And it has a nostalgia for God. And George Michael, in writing it and singing it, he, he expresses this deep regret uh, that human life has lived so selfishly. And he feels, as he writes the song, that ours is a world in which God has turned his back on our world because God is so fed up with being ignored and by the grasping stupidity of our actions. Uh, so in just a moment, we're going to listen to the song. And as we listen to it, I'd like you to have two questions in mind. Uh, the first question is, how does the song make you feel? And the second one is to ask you which, which bit of the lyrics uh, grabs you in particular. And the lyrics will be on the screen, so you should be able to see those too. Uh, so how does it make you feel and which part of the lyrics uh, particularly grabs you? So let's listen to the song. Uh, I mean, we, we could spend all evening just thinking about that song. The lyrics and uh, the content so powerful. But just very quickly, just maybe with the people next to you, uh, how does it make you feel listening to it? and with the particular lyrics that sort of jumped out and grabbed you, just for 30 seconds. Okay. 
Uh, great. Anybody want to just report back? Uh, let us know what your thoughts. Any feedback, particular things that grabbed you, how it made you feel? Anyone want to go for it? We've all got very quiet. Yes, thank you, Richard. Yes, indeed. I mean, it, it, it's a bleak picture, isn't it? I mean, there's a, it says there's a beauty in the lament of the song, but it is a very dark and bleak uh, lament, that sense that God has just quietly crept out and left us to it. Anybody else want to just feedback anything? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. So there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a conflict there. He's saying it's much, much, much too late. Uh, but I think we as Christians would say something different, and many of us have experienced the fact that it isn't. And I guess he's just holding on, isn't he? Praying for time. That's what the song's called. That you're absolutely right. Yeah, thank you, Andrew. Yeah, definitely. Good. Let's keep going. Um, we can have the next slide, uh, please. As we look at uh, these uh, Beatitudes, the first thing we want to remind you is that Jesus sets out these Beatitudes as radical but beautiful alternatives. And this way of living that the Beatitudes describe is a radical alternative to greed, and it's a radical alternative to empire building, and it's a radical alternative to nastiness. And so it's in the song, that's what George Michael is doing, he's he's lamenting the way those things have gripped us, and the way that hope seems to have disappeared, and the way that that hate that seems to overwhelm us. And these Beatitudes offer this beautiful uh, but challenging and radical alternative. Uh, next slide, please. Uh, yes, they are ridiculous. And if you read them, maybe we've lost sight. Jack's read them so beautifully so often. Uh, maybe we've lost sight of just how ridiculous it is to say, blessed are those who mourn. How can it be blessed to mourn? And yet, of course, once you dig deep down underneath them. We begin uh, to say why they are ridiculous, they are foolish, but they are still wonderful. Next one, please. Uh, These are not commandments. Uh, Instead, neither are they Jesus advising us. Uh, They're not a tick list. It's not as though we're encouraged to pick our favorite beatitude and say, well, I'm going to try and live by this beatitude, or to say, this week I'm going to try and be a bit more merciful, or be a bit more of a peacekeeper. Uh, Next slide, please. Uh, The Greek word used in uh, the Beatitudes, as George knows so well from his time at college, is... (laughs) You did Hebrew. (laughs) So the Greek word is here, it's makarios. It's the Greek word that that we find in the New Testament. And that's the word that we have translated as blessed. So at the beginning of each of the uh, Beatitudes, we have this blessed, makarios are, blessed are. Now, makarios in Greek was a nickname for Cyprus. I don't know if you've ever been to Cyprus. Cyprus was somewhere that the Greeks thought was so beautiful and so fertile that you would never need to go anywhere else to find a complete life. And that's the word that is used to describe the Christians who walk in these ways. Now, some English Bibles, and the good news is one of them, I believe uh, wrongly translate that word as happy. Happy are those who mourn. Happy are the peacekeepers. And that really, really, really is misleading. Jesus is not talking about what in English we would call happy or happiness. Our English word happy 
It comes from a word hap that you get in haphazard, for instance. And hap, the root of hap means a chance, something that may or may not happen, a fluke. And our English word happiness is the way of describing how we feel depending on our circumstances. And happy is just not a big enough word to contain what Jesus wants to say. And wanting to be happy or wanting to avoid being sad is not what uh, the Christian life is about and is not what Jesus is describing here. Uh, We may be happy experiencing some of these things. We may be sad. Actually, that's a really powerful thing uh, because happiness, of course, is such a dreadful tyrant to us. And we feel if I'm not happy, therefore I'm not living life as I should be. But actually, Jesus says, there is blessing in mourning. There is blessing in the giving and receiving of mercy. There is blessing in the struggle for the pure heart. There is blessing in being a peacemaker, which is so difficult. So it's not about being happy or about being sad. It's about being blessed. Next slide, please. The Beatitudes are not commandments. They are announcements. That's what Jesus is making announcements, like a news headline on your phone. Jesus is saying, do you want to find blessing? Do you want to be part of God's kingdom? Do you want to know where I, Jesus says, where I am at work? He says, if we want to know, then this is where we look. These are announcements. Or if in old speak, if you, if, if you go to London... You'll often see people selling newspapers or giving away newspapers on the corner. They'll have a little headline written up on a piece of paper which gives you the key bit of news. And that's what these are. These are headlines saying, here is where the blessing is. Now, it doesn't look like there's blessing there. It's like being told, if you want to eat really, really well in Winchester tonight, then go and look in a dustbin at the back of M&S. It's like saying, if you want to find beauty in Winchester tonight, then go to the bus station. Don't go to the cathedral. Don't go look at all those pretty chalets. Go to the bus station. Or it's like saying, if you want to find peace, then go to a place of war. But Jesus knows us, and he knows his world much better than we do. And he's announcing, this is where blessing is. There is blessing in being poor in spirit. This is where the kingdom lurks, says Jesus. And so the question to us is, uh, do we trust Jesus? Do we trust him when he says that in these eight different things, including persecution, there is blessing? Can I have the last slide, please? What I want you to do, just as we finish very quickly, is look. Those are all eight. There they are, with the blessed uh, highlighted. I want you just to look at the list. In particular, look at the first half of each one. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who, um, who mourn. Blessed are the weak. This is Jesus' announcement about where blessing is to be found. And most of us, when we feel poor in spirit, and most of us feel poor in spirit some of the time, we want to run away from that. We want to seek things uh, that will make us feel better about ourselves. Jesus says, stay where you are because there is blessing in being poor in spirit. 
because that's how the kingdom of heaven starts to come alive in our hearts. And Jesus says there's, blessed, there's blessing in mourning, whether it be for our own sin or the sin of the world or the sorrow and the tragedy of the world. So let's not run away from it. Let's stay there and seek his blessing with his promise that we will be comforted. Jesus says, don't run away from being peacemakers with all the demands that that makes on us, but stay there because that is where he is and wants to be at work. So look at the list, and maybe you could just focus in on one, one of the first halves of each beatitude that is, is present or is waiting or is lurking in your life. So poor in spirit, if you are really struggling with who you are, and deep down, or they wouldn't say it, you believe that you're rubbish, or if you're mourning, or if you are feeling meek, or if you are hungering and thirsting for a better world but you don't know what to do, just focus in on one of those as we finish. Just give you 20 seconds just to choose one. So don't run from it. Embrace that. Jump in and ask for your promised blessing. Jesus has said there is blessing in all of these things. So when we see them, let's not run away. Let's not go looking for things that will console us. Let's jump in and say, Jesus, my Lord and my Savior and my King, has promised me that there is blessing to be found. It might be blessing to receive. It might be blessing to give. But let's hold on to that promise, that announcement, that this is where blessing lies. Amen.